to Postscript. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and with me today, again, is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Yeah, this is round three of attempting to record the podcast this week, so we're uh, praying that our technology does not crash on us again. Maybe, um, maybe. We'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, we're here for it. It's it's good. Uh, this week, you were talking again in our series about how to read your Bible, and you were talking about how to do it prayerfully, um, kind of how the, the Holy Spirit right. is a part of it, how we approach the Word. Um, give us a little recap from Sunday, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, well, let me put it this way. We have talked about this idea that, well, first of all, we talked about the idea that there are habits that we can put in our life that will help form us or shape us uh, to become more like Christ, to do things in intentional ways. And, and I think that's something that, um, is so important. And so reading the Bible is a really big, important part of that because we believe that we, um, that God speaks to us. God is a speaking God. And the fact that he's a speaking God means that we need to be a listening people and we need to be listening for what he has to say to us. And so the, the neat thing is that God speaks to us, uh, primarily through his word, um, as we, uh, read along with the Holy Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit does this really amazing thing of like being the go-between and to be able to kind of uh, communicate to us. And and so for us, I mean, if if we want to read the Bible well, if we want to take some small steps to get just a little better at this habit, then prayer, praying as we read, not just praying after we read, but praying as we read through Scripture um, is going to be really important because God's speaking. So are we listening, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'd love for you to give us an example of kind of how that plays itself out in your life. I know it's right. it's easy to think of like, um, if I can say what it would look like in the movies, which is like, God, speak to me. And you flip up on the right. Bible and point to a verse and you're like, yeah, this is the word I need. I now know what to do with my life or who to marry. But but is that actually what you're talking about here? Yeah, I mean, it. you know, like not 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 usually and and what i mean by that is that, that the holy spirit can do awesome things and sometimes mm-hmm. we hear stories about the way that god leads through um the reading of his word and but i think that sometimes those stories to be honest are not helpful they're inspiring but they're not helpful in terms of being instructive to us because then we can try to do the same thing and and if it doesn't repeat right. itself then we get upset or frustrated and we say well why isn't god speaking to me right the way that I've always found God speaks to me most clearly and most normatively is in smaller ways, right? Directing mm-hmm. me to a certain verse or a certain passage uh, when I need it most, you know, in the midst of, um, you know, of of a difficult time, actually reading, you know, just my regular reading for that day happens to speak so directly into what, um, you know, what's going on in my life. And I feel like you know, in terms of being instructive for us, what's most helpful for the rest of us is is not to come to the Bible with some big giant question and and you know, like you know, like you said, put a blindfold on, flip the pages and point and hope that you get a yes or no answer. Right. Um the Bible's not a magic eight ball. Like yep. it that's not how it works, right? Yep. Um most of the time the way that God speaks to us most clearly is in smaller ways. And um, you know, and I can point to lots of you know, conversations I've had with people or listening to a message for perhaps at one point where, 
um, you know, the the speaker is speaking directly to a particular topic, and and the Bible opens up in a brand new way to me. Or mm. I'm reading myself, and you know, all of a sudden I catch I catch a word that I hadn't thought of before. Right. But all of that takes takes time, and it takes careful reading, and yeah. um, that's important. Yeah. Okay. I, I I love that, and I mean we. We engaged about this uh, earlier, even in in the songs we picked for Sunday. So we ended the service with "Spirit Speak," um, mm. and and yeah, it's a song that I wrote, and it's a little bit of a different take on the Holy Spirit than you get in a lot of modern worship songs, because a lot of modern worship songs come um, asking, you know, uh, asking for. Um, what am I trying to say here? A- asking for God to kind of like show up and make me feel good and, and do all these things. And, and this one's a little yeah. more like, God, do do what you're going to do in me. Uh, and like, yeah. like it's probably going to be slow and it might be uncomfortable. Um, but that's, I think that's, as we look at the Holy Spirit, that's one of the key things we see. You you talked a bit about the verbs and, and the way the Holy Spirit is described. Can you unpack that a little more for me? Yeah, well, when Jesus uh, talked about the Holy Spirit, actually, this was a a bit of a surprise to me as I was studying, because I often see the Holy Spirit as a force um, that Mm. empowers us, which the Holy Spirit is empowering and does, you know, you know, give us the strength that we need when we need it and, and all of those kinds of things. But the words that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit are, you know, he, he talked about the spirit of truth. He talked about the spirit teaching, reminding, speaking, testifying, making known. And it goes on and on. Jesus clearly had this idea that the Holy Spirit would be communi- communicating with us. In yeah. fact, the ancient church actually called him the teacher within. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit is this, this go-between that stands between us and God and actually communicates to us and, um, you know, makes himself known uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit as we read his word. And so, um, yeah, I think I think that's a helpful um, thing for us because I think we can get all twisted up into some weird ideas, um, you know, about God, right? And, yeah. you know, I know you've, you've uh, you know, we've talked about this before. Yeah, and so, uh, like... One of the things my, my wife works with youth workers and, and youth ministries across the country and uh, in all the studies that talk about kind of where faith is going in, in Western Christianity, there's this term that's come up a bunch of times, which is a bunch of big words, so I'll try to unpack them here. It's uh, moralistic therapeutic deism and this idea uh, that we we come to the idea of God not looking to understand who the God of the Bible is, but but wanting it to be wanting God to be something that teaches us the right things to do, so moralistic, that, you know, what are, what are our moral values? Therapeutic, teaching us to feel better, giving us the things we want. And this is kind of where we get the um, the idea of, like, God, I've got a really hard choice between A and B. Uh, help me, like, do this, figure it out. And, and again, not that God doesn't do this, but if this is the main view of God we're coming to, then we're probably missing out. Um, mm-hmm. Deism, and, and this idea that God is, he's there, but he's not really... Um, like relational and with us and walking with us is he's kind of like yeah almost a slot machine you can kind of come to and get stuff from when you want um and that obviously isn't the god of the bible and if we're coming if we're coming and, and our god agrees with everything we think it's our god it's not the god of the bible it's not yahweh um, right so i mean yeah it's easy to kind of get this wrong um what does it look like to get it right? What does it look like to open the Bible, uh, not with our ideas first, but but to to see what's there and to prayerfully engage with that? Yeah. 
And, and, and so that's a great question. And I, and I think we, we ordered the service, the, the message series in a very particular way mm. in this idea that we, we take the time to interpret well. Um, I think that's really important in engaging with the spirit. And what I mean by that is that, is that to, to assume that the Holy Spirit is going to do all of the hard work and, um, and, you know, we just have to sit back and listen. Um, see the, the thing is here, as I say this out loud, like there, none of this is, is, uh, there are times when the Holy Spirit does that, does exactly that when someone is not, you know, looking forward or not paying attention, the Holy Spirit kind of taps them on the shoulder and gives them this, this, you know, really clear direction or whatever. But what I would say is that the more, the most ordinary way that we can engage with the spirit is to is to do the hard work and allow the spirit to speak through that. Mm. Um, you know, I, I talked about Francis Chan in his book Forgotten God, and one of the things he talks about in that, um, you know, actually right at the very beginning is a very quick sort of description about two other big words. So you use two big words, so I'll use two big words. Yep. Um, exegesis is a is a word that describes how we interpret scripture. So exegesis means we we study and and kind of dig into the words, and then we come up with meaning. Eisegesis means that we bring something to um, the, what we're reading. And oftentimes, this is how we we use the Holy Spirit, is that we come to the Bible with an idea in mind, maybe mm. even with an answer in mind, yep. and then we try to read the Bible to, to give us that answer. Um, that's not the way to read the Bible. Reading yeah. the Bible for meaning first um, provides us with the opportunity to hear from the Holy Spirit clearly. And so, um, so understanding what the author actually meant is is actually more important than the question that you have uh, that you're bringing to the text. <laughs> and yeah. so that's what I mean. I, I just think that that you know this idea of this exegesis is important work um, as we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. And I and I got to be careful here because you like you know this we we are in a we are in sort of a. a kind of a context in our denomination and our, um, you know, style of church, um, mm -hmm. if you will, that, you know, that tends to downplay the Holy Spirit's role. Yeah. And I don't want to, for a moment, say, okay, yes, the Holy Spirit can do awesome things, but no, 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 it all happens within this and all that. I just think we have to be careful to make sure that we're not allowing ourselves to be the ones who are making meaning out of things that we should really are are listening for the spirit to speak right yeah and i i am um, as i'm sitting listening to you i'm trying to come up with a, an appropriate metaphor so let me let me try this one on and see see if it resonates or not um but it's almost like uh someone who brings you a gift uh and and you know, the, it, when you're in relationship with someone, there's there's a back and forth, and there's, you know, if someone brings you an extravagant and a, and a wonderful gift at the right time, you are deeply thankful. But if you come to the point where every time you see that person, you expect them to bring that kind of gift, then then you're actually not in it for the relationship; you're in it for the gifts. And right. the Holy Spirit is like that. Like I think sometimes sometimes we do open the Word of God, and it's exactly what we need when we need it. And there's a word for us, and it is kind of that like. Boom! Everything just fits together, and then sometimes it's it's the hard work of communing. It's it's the the work of of conversation and of careful listening, right. and of it's it's not it's not done in minutes. It's it's done over years, and that's that's how the Holy Spirit works. And one is not actually more important or better than the other. Obviously, the one feels better and is more exciting, but but the Holy Spirit works in both ways. And I think we can when we when we plan on doing the work, when we plan on 
things being full of listening and careful, like, what do you have to say to me? Then I think occasionally we are met with those wonderful gifts of God just showing up and saying the right things at the right time. Yeah. And, and, and let me, let me continue this conversation, this thought is that, is that oftentimes the Bible itself, um, you know, and we know this, it is, uh, and, and we talked about this when we talked about the parable of the sower, you know, Jesus talked about the idea he spoke in parables uh, so that this deeper meaning was available if we were prepared to listen. And I think the yeah. Bible is like that. It's a big story. And what that means is that in some cases, things are not always entirely clear. There isn't right. a, this is the thing to do. Yes, this is the thing not to do. No, there is gray, right? And, and yeah. there's always nuance and things that we have to be paying attention to. But with that nuance comes enough ambiguity that you can read into the passage quite a bit, you know, different mm. things that maybe you want. And so you can choose whatever lifestyle you want. You can choose, you know, whatever uh, desires you have in your heart, whatever things you want to pursue, and then find scripture to, to show that, okay, this is the direction that I'm supposed to go in, and this is why I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But that's not living with an exegetical kind of approach. And, right. I, and I think that's the point is to, we need to start with scripture, allow it to dictate how we're going to live our lives, what we're going to do, what we're going to, you know, and then allow the spirit to, to clarify and make things known in that process uh, so that it becomes yeah. more of allowing it to speak to us. Well, and this is in my mind the double-edged sword of you know the references in the back of a Bible that kind of say here are the themes, or frankly Google because yeah. you can say what does the Bible say about yeah. blank and you can get the answers. And I, in one hand, I think that can be really good. There are moments when we need to know what the Bible says about comfort or or yeah. about family or about all kinds of things. On the other hand, if that's how we approach the Bible, constantly being like, what does this say about this? Then then we're not letting the Bible speak to us in the same way. Right. Um, so you you talked on Sunday. Uh, a bit about like some of the parts of the Bible are easier to pray through than others, or or maybe more yes. intuitive to pray through. But there's a bunch of things that it's kind of like, how do I pray about this? Yeah. So like, talk to me. How how do I pray through Leviticus, Paul? What right? What does that have to do? How is the Holy Spirit going to speak to me through um, the the sacrificial laws or through the the dimensions of the temple? Like, how, what's going on there? Yeah. So so I think that. Uh, this this is I actually came across something that was really helpful for me and I shared it on Sunday, a three step process mm. and and I'll just reiterate it here and you've probably you've heard this you heard it on Sunday but I'm just gonna say it again, begins with worship I I just and I I kind of adapted what this person wrote and I I put them into three other words so worship yep. what I described as worship respond and relate yep. um, I I was kind of toying with the idea of respond because we could you know we could say maybe reflect but but let mm. me just explain what I mean by that in any passage in the Bible there's generally a few things that God is trying to do he's either saying something about himself he's revealing himself he's explaining um, uh, what we are what he has already done he's mm -hmm. explaining what we are to do or he's explaining where we've got it wrong I mean generally speaking that's kind of the way that we read about God in the Bible Yep. Through any of those things, we can find something about God that that brings us to worship, that puts us into a place where we are uh, in awe of who he is for what he's done. It's that adoration part, you know, that we've talked about in the book, like in the ACTS acronym prayer, where we start with adoration, start with yep. praying, you know, why God is great. The Bible can get us very, very specific, right? And so, you know, through the laws or through the, you know, the, 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 
dimensions of the tabernacle, what we see there is something being revealed about God. And that's where we got to start. Yep. And if we are having trouble with that, then do the work to figure out, okay, what is this telling me about God? What does the tabernacle tell us, tell us about God? Well, it's about God's presence coming to be with us. And so what does that look like? You know, the, the direction of the temple and, you know, where the gate was and how it was open and people were able to come into this first part or, you know, there's, there's lots of things that we learn about God just in the architecture of the, of the tabernacle. Yep. Once we understand this, what's being said about God, the next step is to respond or to reflect. And what I mean by that is, is, is not say, okay, respond as in like, okay, what am I going to do about it? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, what does this mean about me? So if God is a God who is to be present with us, what I suddenly realize is that I'm not looking for God's presence enough in my life. And so it becomes a time of confession where I say, God, you are great. I am not. And I recognize where I've gone wrong. I recognize that even as I read this thing about the tabernacle, the fact that you came to be with your people, I recognize I am not seeking you enough. And I can start thinking in my mind about passages like, you know, in the Psalms that say how they long to be in the temple of the Lord. You know, they long to be like a bird making a nest, you know, close to the temple. And, and I'm like, why do I not have that desire to, to be closer to God? And so my response, so begin with worship, who's God, respond, what does this say about me? And then the next step is this idea of relating or um, of saying, okay, how do I take the promises of God and pray them through this, th this particular thing? And that's where I would say, I'd go to the Psalm and say, you know, the Psalmist says, um, you know, says, I long to be in the presence of the Lord. And, mm. you know, and, and Jesus, you know, spent time, you know, going into his presence and, you know, and, and so then I start to, to pray that, that God would give me the strength to be able to do that and to, you know, go through. And, and, and so my prayer becomes very, very rooted in scripture, uh, based on what I know about God and what this reveals about me. And what I would say is I know this takes work. And for someone who has a Bible degree, you know, I have uh, some references and things that come to mind that might not be right at top of mind for you. But the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is that is that he indwells us at the time of our conversion in this powerful way that actually speaks to us and is the go-between. He is the one who helps us understand. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we have all of the answers. And so this pattern, I think, is simple enough that any of us can do. Um, but as we continue to read the Bible, it becomes even more clear to us. Sorry, that was a long answer, but that, yeah, no, that really I, good. I feel like this is like, this was like a light bulb moment for me because I've always had trouble with this. Like, okay, well, yeah. what do you mean? Pray? Like, how do I pray through a narrative? Like this yeah. long story that covers, you know, 18 chapters in the Old Testament. Um, that's how we do it. Worship, recognize what it says about God. Respond being like, oh boy, God, because you are this, I recognize this about myself. And it becomes yeah. a time of confession. It becomes that. And then relate. Okay, what do I need here? And how can I rely on the promises of God that are revealed in Scripture? Yeah. Um, how can I reveal? Uh, how can I rely on those things to respond in a, in a way that's appropriate? That's so good, Paul. Um, we are basically out of time. Uh, so any any closing thoughts on top of that, or uh, yeah, we're just gonna have man, to wait we, for this Sunday? Yeah, closing thoughts. We need more time. No, it's. Uh, I here's you know what I want to say is. Um, 
in in first corinthians uh you know what what the apostle paul says as he as he writes he talks about the holy spirit and he's he's essentially in this passage you know he's referring to to himself and his colleagues and their authority to teach and he's saying we're speaking what the holy spirit is telling us and so if you're hearing that we're wrong then you know like um he's saying just you know we're relying on the spirit but what he says there is he kind of um begins by saying however um, he says it's written this, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. And it is so powerful to me to recognize that the deep things of God, the things that we think are only accessible to the Bible scholars and the people who've been you know, studying and, and giving their entire lives to this, Um, Those deep things of God are available to each one of us because the Holy Spirit speaks, and that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. We will leave it there. Thank you for listening along this week to Postscript. We'll be back next week with more.